Resilient Solutions, Episode 13, Six Ways to Improve Intimacy in Your Relationships. If I say the word intimacy, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Is it about physical intimacy and sex? Probably, because that's what most people think of when they hear the word intimacy. In today's shortcast, I'm going to show you that there are six levels of intimacy that you can experience in your relationship. And I'm also going to show you how you can begin to experience them now. You ready to jump in? I'm excited you're with us. And by the way, my name is John Thurman, and welcome to my shortcast, Resilient Solutions, where I help you become more resilient in your personal life, your relationships, your business endeavors, and in your faith. Let's jump right in. Well, this is John Thurman, and I hope you're having a great day today. You know, it's been said that tough times don't last, but tough people do. And this past 18 months has been really tough on a lot of marriages and a lot of relationships. The good news is, if you're listening to this and you're still married after the past 18 months, that tells me that you're a pretty resilient person. And I'm all about resilience. Resilience is the ability to deal with adversity and push through it and come out the other side of it. I love this quote by Carolyn Halbern. It says, the married are those who have taken the terrible risk of intimacy and having taken it, no life without intimacy to be impossible. Isn't that the truth? We all long for intimacy. And as I said in my opening, what do you think of when people think of intimacy? And most of us tend to roll right into thinking about physical intimacy, which is important, but that's not all that intimacy is about. In today's shortcast, I'm going to expose you to six different types of intimacy that you can experience in your relationship. And while you may not be there right now, you can be just by implementing a few simple processes. Now, those of you that have heard me before, you know I am all about resilience. And resilience is that ability to take a licking and keep on ticking. Resilience is that ability to get knocked down, to have a setback, but not to quit, but to push forward until either you succeed or you realize the path you're taking isn't working. And so you step back, recalibrate, reframe, and move forward in a new direction with a different set of outcomes. So why don't we jump right in and look at the six levels of intimacy. By the way, if you're looking for show notes, this is basically excerpted from my blog that you can find at johntherman.net forward slash blog and just look for the six layers of intimacy. Let's jump right in. The first level of intimacy is emotional intimacy. That involves candid, authentic sharing of thoughts and feelings. It consists of sharing your deepest fears, your bad jokes, your disappointments, the hopes you have, the easy and complicated emotions, as well as feeling seen, heard, and understood. It means that you and I both are striving to be the safe place that our spouse and life partner can fall into on the great days and on the bad days. Here are a few examples of what emotional intimacy might look like. Let's say you and your partner uh, have had a rough week, but it's Friday night or Saturday morning. Let's say you've had a rough week and it's a Friday night or Saturday morning. And you've got some time on your hands and you have a tender and profound conversation kind of about where you are in the relationship and how you're doing this week. And in that conversation, you talk about what you're doing right, but maybe you share some things that you need and some ways to improve those. That's emotional intimacy. Or maybe, maybe your wife shares how she's disappointed at how her body looks after having your second baby. You need to listen and be supportive and comforting. That's emotional intimacy. And then ladies, pay attention 
When your husband comes home and shares some of his frustrations about the workplace, you need to take his side and support him and comfort him and encourage him. That is what emotional intimacy looks like. So that's emotional intimacy. Now, the second one is intellectual intimacy. On this level, people can talk about current events, share ideas and thoughts, and even debate political and religious topics. And uh, believe me, when you get a couple talking about politics and religion, it can get pretty dicey. But part of intellectual intimacy is about being able to share those conversations and to agree to disagree, to have rigorous debates and go to bed happy realizing that you may or may not have persuaded your spouse. What does that really mean? It means that we can jointly participate in a conversation, in a free exchange of thoughts and ideas with no recrimination. That means we can passionately agree and passionately disagree and still be friends, lovers, and like each other too. Some examples of intellectual intimacy would be that you have debates on various topics. You can have discussions about things that are current, be it uh, politics, neighbors, church, but you can have these conversations. And third, maybe it means that you read and share and discuss books and podcasts and articles and things that are going on in your world. So that's intellectual and emotional. The next type of intimacy won't be a surprise, but that's recreational intimacy. That is, you have fun together. This means that this means as a couple, you have some things you do individually for your own recreational therapy, and there are things you do as a couple and as a family that are recreational. This means that you enjoy doing things together that are non-work related. It provides a couple opportunities to work together, to compete against each other, to compete against others, to uh, face fun challenges. Matter of fact, we had game night last night uh, with a young couple, and we had a blast. And uh, it was competitive and fun. We laughed and competed. It was just great. And recreational intimacy is that idea of we do fun stuff together. It may be exercising. It might be attending plays and movies or concerts together. It might mean joining up with other friends in mutual fun activities, going out, hiking, things like that. And living in New Mexico, I don't know where you live, but living in New Mexico, there's just so much we can do here. The next type of intimacy, which can be tied into recreational intimacy, is the idea of social intimacy. And after decades of marriage, we've learned the value of having our own personal friendships as well as having shared friendships and relationships. These shared friendships and relationships are an added bonus to our relationship. We have a couple of these shared relationships that are over 49 years old. And they've added a richness and joy and depth to our lives. And that idea of social intimacy is that we are not bunkered down, hunkered down behind our garage door in our community. It means we are meeting face-to-face with people. We are eyeballs-to-eyeball with people. It means we're meeting friends and acquaintances for various activities. It might be church. It might be going out. It just means that we are intentionally engaged with others in a social setting. It might be doing community projects with your social organizations. It might be doing recreational things with your community or doing mission projects with your local church. But the idea is that you're intentionally involved with others on a mutually satisfying project. It also can mean sharing meals in your home. It's one thing to go out for dinner with a couple. It's another completely different thing when you invite a couple or couples into your home to sit at your table or in your backyard and break bread together. And that's all part of social intimacy. Moving down to the final two. And to me, these two are very important. Number five is spiritual intimacy. On this level, a couple grows deeper together. 
while this area of intimacy is the most subjective due to various religious backgrounds and practices, it's still a critical component of any relationship, regardless of your faith heritage. Now, I'm a Christian. My wife's a Christian. I grew up in a blended family. My dad was Roman Catholic. My mom was Southern Baptist. The joke is I was a good Catholic. And my wife grew up in a Methodist framework. And while there are some areas that we could debate and argue about, bottom line is we love Jesus, we're committed to his word, and we're committed to a life that's pleasing to him. Now, does that mean we always do it? No, because we still fuss, fight, disagree, and get out of fellowship. But it means that we're committed to that common practice of faith. We're committed to making Jesus Lord of our life. We're committed to the authority of Scripture, and we're committed to doing our best for each other and our family. And I really do believe that this is one of the most important areas of intimacy we need to develop, because out of it, all these other five areas of intimacy can go much deeper if we had that spiritual base. Here are some examples of uh, spiritual intimacy. You attend worship services together, a Bible study. You're part of a small group. You occasionally read and study scripture or listen to podcasts or broadcasts that are spiritually motivated and insightful. And you enjoy, and this is a big thing for Angie and I, you enjoy getting out and enjoying God's nature. So spiritual intimacy. How do you start with that? Just a simple prayer. God, I want to be more intimate with you. Help me understand that. And if you'd like more information on that, why don't you shoot me a, a comment or a question? You can do that. Just shoot me an email to john at johntherman.info or call and leave a voicemail on my landline at 505-343-2011 505-343-2011 I'll be glad to chat with you about how to develop that spiritual intimacy and finally the one you've all been waiting for physical intimacy sexual expression is a part of our hardwiring and should be exhilarating and stimulating for the couple in its proper content however in recent years the focus has been on However, in recent years, the focus has been primarily on physical intimacy. We have reduced physical intimacy to a series of positions and practices based upon applied physics rather than building a relationship. There is a danger in making the focus on pleasure a means to an end, and that can be very counterproductive and dangerous. You end up objectifying each other and turning physical intimacy in just to an act that animals do. So how can you increase your physical intimacy? Well, number one, go slow. Number two, be romantic. Number three, never, ever, ever force, coerce, or leverage physical intimacy. Number three, touch the right way. Tell your spouse how things feel and what you enjoy. And number five, the most important one, this is one you have to get right, guys, take a shower. That's right. Could it be that one of the reasons that so many relationships are falling apart is we have failed to understand the unique six layers of intimacy that we as humans are designed to both give and receive? I think it is. And I do believe as you and I make a choice to grow in these areas, that as we grow in our social intimacy, intellectual intimacy, recreational intimacy, our sexual intimacy, our spiritual intimacy, that as we do that, our relationships will be deeply enhanced and enriched. And we will have relationships that are unbreakable, but that are bendable and flexible where there's growth for everyone. Hey, my name's John Thurman. You've been listening to my shortcast, Resilient Solutions. Would love to hear from you. Please feel free to leave a comment or reach out. You can get me through my email at john at johntherman.info, or you can check out my blog at johntherman.net forward slash blog. God bless. Have a great day. And remember, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will make a choice to rejoice and be glad in it. Take care. See you next Tuesday.